Hello and welcome to Daily Prayer today for July 30th, 2021. Glad that you are with me today. I'm glad that you are with me and for some reason my thing isn't advancing, but that's okay. We'll figure it out. Let's go ahead and get started. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. We pray to you, O Lord, you hear us in the morning. At sunrise, we offer our prayer and wait for your answer. Our readings for today are Psalm 88 and 148, 1 Samuel 5, 1 through 12, Acts 17, 1 through 15, and Mark 7, 24 through 37. Listen for God's word to speak to you. Psalm 88. O Lord, God of my salvation, when at night I cry in your presence, Let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry. For my soul is full of troubles, and my life draws near to Sheol. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am like those who have no help, like those forsaken among the dead, like the slain that lay in the grave, like those whom you remember no more. For they are cut off from your hand. You have put me in the depths of the pit, in the regions dark and deep. Your wrath lies heavy upon me, and you overwhelm me with all your waves. Selah. You have caused my companions to shun me. You have made me a thing of horror to them. I am shut in so that I cannot escape. My eye grows dim through sorrow. Every day I call on you, O Lord. I spread out my hands to you. Do you work wonders for the dead? Do the shades rise up to praise you? Selah. Is your steadfast love declared in the grave, or your faithfulness in Abaddon? Are your wonders known in the darkness, or your saving help in the land of forgetfulness? But I, O Lord, cry out to you. In the morning my prayer comes before you. O Lord, why do you cast me off? Why do you hide your face from me? Wretched and close to death from my youth up, I suffer your terrors. I am desperate. Your wrath has swept over me. Your dread assaults destroy me. They surround me like a flood all day long. From all sides they close in on me. You have caused my friend and neighbor to shun me. My companions are in darkness. Psalm 148 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise God in the heights. Praise God, all God's angels. Praise God, all God's host. Praise God, sun and moon. Praise God, all you shining stars. Praise God, you highest heavens, and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for God commanded and they were created. God established them forever and ever. God fixed their bounds which cannot be passed. Praise the Lord from the earth, you sea monsters in all deeps, fire and hail, snow and frost, stormy wind fulfilling God's command. Mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, 
creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and women alike, old and young together. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for God's name alone is exalted. God's glory is above earth and heaven. God has raised up a horn for God's people. Praise for all God's faithful, for the people of Israel who are close to God. Praise the Lord. 2 Samuel 5, 1-12 Then all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, Look, we are your bone and flesh. For some time, while Saul was king over us, it was you who led out Israel and brought it in. The Lord said to you, It is you who shall be shepherd of my people Israel, who, you who shall be ruler over Israel. So all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron, and King David made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel. David was thirty years old when he began to reign, and he reigned for forty years. At Hebron he reigned over Judah for seven years and six months, and at Jerusalem he reigned over all Israel and Judah for thirty-three years. The king and his men marched to Jerusalem against the Jebusites, the inhabitants of the land, who said to David, You will not come in here. Even the blind and the lame will turn you back, thinking David cannot come in here. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion, which is now the city of David. David had said on that day, Whoever wishes to strike down the Jebusites, let him get up the water shaft to attack the lame and the blind, those whom David hates. Therefore it is said, The blind and the lame shall not come into the house. David occupied the stronghold and named it the city of David. David built the city all around from the millow inward, and David became greater and greater, for the Lord, the God of hosts, was with him. King Hiram of Tyre sent messengers to David along with cedar trees and carpenters and masons who built David a house. David then perceived that the Lord had established him king over Israel and that he had exalted his kingdom for the sake of God's people Israel. From Acts chapter 17, verses 1 through 15. After Paul and Silas had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews, and Paul went in, as was his custom, and on three Sabbath days argued with them from the scriptures, explaining and proving that it was necessary for the Messiah to suffer and to rise from the dead, and saying, This is the Messiah, Jesus, whom I am proclaiming to you. Some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a great many of the devout Greeks and not a few of the leading women. But the Jews became jealous, and with the help of some ruffians in the marketplace, they formed a mob and set the city in an uproar. While they were searching for Paul and Silas to bring them out to the assembly, they attacked Jason's house. When they could not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the believers before the city authorities, shouting, These people who have been turning the world upside down have come here also. And Jason has entertained them as guests. They are all acting contrary to the decrees of the emperor, saying that there is another king named Jesus. The people and the city officials were disturbed when they heard this, and after they had taken bail from Jason and the others, they let them go. 
That very night, the believers sent Paul and Silas off to Berea, and when they arrived, they went to the Jewish synagogue. These Jews were more receptive than those in Thessalonica, for they welcomed the message very eagerly and examined the scriptures every day to see whether these things were so. Many of them therefore believed, including not a few Greek women and men of high standing. But when the Jews of Thessalonica learned that the word of God had been proclaimed by Paul in Berea as well, they came there too, to stir up and incite the crowds. When the believers immediately sent Paul away to the coast, but Silas and Timothy remained behind. Those who conducted Paul through brought him as far as Athens, and after receiving instructions to have Silas and Timothy join him as soon as possible, they left him. And from Mark chapter 7, verses 24 through 37. From there, Jesus set out and went away to the region of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know he was there, yet he could not escape notice. But a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately heard about him, and she came and bowed down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile of Seraphonician origin. She begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. He said to her, Let the children be fed first, for it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. But she answered him, Sir, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And he said to her, For saying that, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. So she went home, found the child lying in the bed, and the demon gone. Then he returned from the region of Tyre and went by way of Sidon towards the Sea of Galilee, in the region of the Decapolis. They brought to him a deaf man who had an impairment in his speech, and they begged him to lay his hand on them. He took him aside in private, away from the crowd, and put his fingers in his ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. Then, looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, that is, be opened. And immediately his ears were opened, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. Then Jesus ordered them not to tell anyone, but the more he ordered them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. They were astounded beyond measure, saying, He has done everything well. He even makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So our readings for today, we have continuation of David's kingdom, and he is now a, uh, this is the united kingdom under David's rule, both the southern kingdom of Judah and the northern kingdom of Israel. After all of the sort of political intrigue and the assassinations and all the craziness, the elders of Israel come to David and said, you know what, frankly, you've been our king for a while now. We're just going to make it official. So they make covenant with one another. And David does a really interesting thing. David then marches on Jerusalem. We might wonder, you know, why Jerusalem? What is, what is this? What's going on here? Well, Jerusalem is actually a great place to set up a new um, sort of headquarters capital because it is right on the edge between the northern country of Israel and the southern country of Judah. It's right in the middle of those, and it is, as you notice, a city of the Jebusites. It's not 
a part of any of the tribal land. Um, it has never been conquered. It belongs to these, these other folks, these Gentiles. And so in taking it over, he is setting up a new capital that is not on anyone's home turf. And it's halfway between these northern and southern uh, tribes who have been sort of misaligned against each other. They've been in civil war now for several years. Uh, because of this, he sets up this new capital, Jerusalem, also called Zion or the city of David. There's an interesting uh, story about how that comes about. The, the people there in Jerusalem, they say, there's no way that you can possibly get in here. You know, even the, the deaf and the blind will be able to, to get rid of you and, and defend this city. And so apparently he has some inside information about Jerusalem. There is a tributary, a sort of a well that goes up from the middle, and it is a very difficult climb, but it is possible. So he sends in some troops and they go and they climb up and they make it into the city. And um, he says, you know, get those, those, the deaf and the blind. This is not that he's against handicapped people, but it's going against kind of what they were taunting him with. Uh, And excuse me, got something in my throat. Um, So he takes over Jerusalem. He makes that his capital city. Um, the kingdoms of the world kind of look to him and say, okay, great. You know, there's a new king in Israel. We're going to give him some homage. He builds a house for himself and he sees that um, the house of God is not there. That's, that's going to be a, a major thing next. So he sets up this new capital. Um, the important thing is just that it's central and it is not territory owned by any of the other tribes. He is trying to be a king for the whole nation, um, all of the tribes. This is, you know, um, that, that is always the hope to bring everyone together. Some do it a little bit better than others. Then we have in Acts, um, the, our missionaries, Paul and Silas and Timothy, they go to this, um, to Thessalonica, and they began to preach. You notice they go to the synagogue again. Um, so we get the sense that this Paul's sort of rejection of the Jewish people is not a rejection of the Jewish people per se, but sort of I'm not going to spend my time in these sort of Jewish-dominated areas. I'm going to go to the Gentile-dominated areas. So he starts in the synagogue, and he, and he proclaims for three consecutive Sabbaths that Jesus is the Messiah. The Messiah has to suffer. That's, that's part of our prophecies. We just missed it. So he's sort of expanding and expounding upon, you know, the, the prophets on the law, how it all works together to understand that Jesus is, in fact, the Messiah and is not only salvation for uh, the nation ultimately, but is salvation for us individually, that we are saved from sins. Well. This he receives some some opposition there because of sort of the Jewish authorities who are kind of pursuing him and continuing to to follow after him. So they go on to Berea. In Berea, he does the same thing and proclaims before the synagogue. And the people of Berea do a really interesting thing. There used to be a bookstore called the Berean Bookstore, and it was because of this. We also have a Berea uh, Presbyterian Church here in New Orleans. Um, 
it's named after this city because what the city does, the people of the synagogue, they hear these things from, from Paul, but unlike maybe other cities where they just say, oh, that's, that's interesting. I never thought about it that way. They go and they do the work. They do the research. They look and they read over the scrolls of Isaiah. They read over the law and they, they put things together and they say, yeah, what he's saying is actually does line up. And so they come back with better questions and they're trying to figure out, okay, honestly, they're, they're open-minded. They're, they're saying, okay, tell us more about this so that we can make sure that this is correct. Well, the Jewish authorities continue on and, and stir up people and stir up specifically the Gentiles against them, saying that they're speaking against Caesar, that they are proclaiming some other king called Jesus. As the gospel is being sort of translated and, and um, brought to the Gentile people, there is this emerging understanding of Jesus, not just as Messiah, which is a Jewish mentality, a Jewish sort of concept, but that Jesus is Lord, Jesus is ruler, Jesus is Caesar. And so they're using this phrase that people would say that Jesus is Lord and using it to say that they're speaking against Caesar. And so they're sort of riling people up. Well, Paul gets, they, they get him out of there because he's, he's really the focus of all this. He is an outspoken <laughs> proponent. He is uh, an arguer. He's a fairly argumentative person. All of our historical accounts seem that he is not an, he's fairly abrasive, right? Um, and so that's kind of all the ire is focused on him. So Paul and Silas, or Peter, or Silas and Timothy stay there in Berea, and Paul gets taken to Athens, and, and he's now hanging out in Athens, and we'll see what happens from there uh, next time. And then we have in Mark, Jesus uh, goes and again, the, the crowd is a little bit more oppressive at this point. Um, there's a lot of people who are talking, but there's this woman who, who pulls them inside and asks for healing for her daughter. This is not a surprising thing. Lots of people have asked Jesus for forgiveness and, and for um, healing and for demon dispossession, all these sorts of things. But this woman is a, a Gentile. She's a Seraphonician woman. We have a really challenging text here because she asked for this and Jesus says to her, you know what? I, don't waste my time with this, right? I'm here for the children. The dogs don't get all of this extra food, right? I'm here for the children. And the woman comes back immediately and says, well, yes, but the, the dogs even get to have crumbs. There are lots of interpretations of this. Uh, the much more charitable one is Jesus is saying this with sort of a wink and a nod. You know, um, I'm going to sort of set you up. He's allowing this woman to kind of teach the lesson, which is a really interesting thing, given the, the day and, and um, how the, the sort of Jewish mentality was not only about Gentiles, but also women. For for the um, sort of script to be switched where instead of like the Pharisee who, who builds up this thing and then Jesus knocks it down, Jesus is going to build up this thing and then let this woman knock it down so that it's sort of a lesson to the disciples for everyone to, to hear this, that she has a good point, right? And he, he knows that she's going to be, sort of rise to this occasion and so allows it to happen. Um, a slightly less charitable one, but one that is uh, 
certainly within the realm of possibility, is Jesus is just responding in a very human way. And we humans are bound up in our assumptions, in our prejudices, in all of those things. And so he's treating this woman just the way people in his culture do, which is a really challenging thing to hear. He is being racist. He is being, um, you know, prejudiced against her because she is not Jewish. She is a, um, a foreigner. She is a Gentile. She's not even a Samaritan that are sort of kind of uh, at least connected to the Jewish people. She's from Seraphonicia. She's way out there. And yet she refuses to be um, discriminated against and she stands up for her rights and he sees this and realizes what's going on and gives her what she is asking. Either of them are relatively challenging um, because it sort of challenges our assumptions about who Jesus is and, and where does that human and the, the divine, uh, how does that interact? How does that all work together? Um, it's a very interesting story that we have here. All right, those are our readings. Let's go ahead and join our hearts together in prayer. Satisfy us with your love in the morning, and we will live this day in joy and praise. Eternal God, we thank you for being with us and for every sign of your truth and love in Jesus Christ. Especially we thank you for all works of Christian compassion. Should be Christian. The good earth that is our home. Examples of wisdom and righteousness. Energy and strength to share your love. Each new insight into your grace. People of God, for what else do we give thanks? We continue to give thanks for uh, the opportunity to serve children of our community and our congregation through the Vacation Bible School. This is the last day. Um, as I'm recording this, this is Wednesday, which is a challenging day. Um, doing okay. Um, but yes, prayers. Pray that God would work in each of the children who have gathered together, each of the volunteers, that God would do an amazing work through this that seeds would be planted and nourished and grow, seeds of faith and hope and trust, of joy and love. We pray for each of the families represented, that as they gather to, to watch the things that the children have done, and as they, some of them at least, gather together on Sunday, um, that all might be enriched by the work of God in and through us. Gracious God, we remember in our own hearts the needs of others that we may reach up to claim your love for them and reach out to give your love in the name of Christ. Especially we pray for Orthodox and Coptic churches, those subjected to tyranny and persecution, those who are outcast or strangers, 
those who offer welcome and hospitality, the renewal of those who despair. People of God, for what else do we pray? We pray for Lynn, a friend of Bill's sister, whose husband, Jim, died last week. A silent prayer that we received online for a friend facing medical issues. We pray for Nick and a knee replacement, a friend of the church. We pray for Barbara, another friend of the church, who is having procedures done this week. We pray for Sandra, friend of the Prices, whose husband fell and hit his head and has died as a result. We pray for Ernie, who's having knee replacement surgery. For Sandra, who, re- who submitted an online prayer request asking for prayers for her family and for health. We pray for Marianne, a friend of Bill's who has dizziness. For Debbie, who is recovering from hip surgery and who had fallen and broken two of her ribs and is recovering from that. We also pray for David, who fell in the shower and uh, hit his head. We pray for Kathy, a friend of Jan Ann's, who has a broken tibia and continues to need nursing care. For Margaret, who is on antibiotics for an infection in her jawbone. For Robin, friend of the Garlands and the Wises, who is recovering from a serious stroke. We pray for Brad, friend of the Wises, who is recovering from brain surgery. Prayers also for his wife, Ashley, and son, Anthony. We also pray for Sophia, who continues to uh, interview and talk to prospective employers. Lord God, for all of the many things that you have brought to our mind and our heart, we pray that you would do immeasurably more. God of all who worship you, make us one with all your saints and with any who are in need. Teach us to befriend the weak and welcome the outcast, that we may serve the Lord Jesus Christ and live to offer him glory in his holy name, we pray. Amen. Now let us continue to pray using the words that Christ taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with us all. Amen. Bless the Lord. The Lord's name be praised.